Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 achievers growing our lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. This episode is sponsored by Brooklinen. Give the gift of comfort this holiday season and save while you do it. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code Lori to get $20 off with the minimum purchase of $100. And thanks to Pros for supporting Earn Your Happy. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash Lori. any entrepreneur who is going to continue to lead and scale a business, invest in yourself, invest in an executive coach, invest in a therapist, because it's all relationships. And, and the work that you learn from an executive coach or from a therapist doesn't just apply at work or in a professional setting. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of Light Pink, best-selling author, three-time fitness world champion, 
And I'm a crazy, multi-passionate entrepreneur. My journey has taken me everywhere from being a broke waitress, barista, retails associate, and personal trainer with massive anxiety and no belief in myself to later becoming a multi-millionaire in love with my life. In 2007, my husband and I lost everything. We found ourselves hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt at rock bottom. We had no ideas and I had no education to fall back on. This is when I found personal development and learned everything I could about business, not by choice, but because I realized no one was coming to save me. The conversations on this podcast are going to let you know that you're not alone and that we all feel like we don't know what we're doing. We're going to give you the tools to help you face your fears, take action, start your business and grow those massive dreams that are keeping you up at night. It's time to create a life that you can't hide from and put so much on the line that your higher self is forced to come out. You're going to stop waiting for someone to approve of you and you're going to anoint yourself. Because I'm obsessed about building businesses that give women a platform, I want to feature you. So if you text the word podcast to 310-496-8363, you can get your questions answered on our Q&A segment along with a shout out. And if you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, we're choosing someone every month to get coached and featured on our show. It just might be you. So let's get started. Welcome back to the show. Today, my guest is Jimmy DeCiccio. He is the oldest brother and chief executive officer at Kitu Life Inc., the makers of super coffee. I myself have consumed mass quantities of super coffee and I'm not mad about it. He is a former collegiate athlete who left a job on Wall Street six years ago to start a company with his brothers beginning out of the youngest brother's dorm room. Since then, he's raised hundreds of millions of dollars from celebrity investors, including Jennifer Lopez, we all love her, Alex Rodriguez, Patrick Schwarzenegger, Aaron Rodgers, and so many other people helping it reach a $400 million valuation, which if you guys know, I am starting light pink. This was such a fun conversation for me because it is in the beverage space. And even if you are not interested in the beverage space, this is business. So it can be applied to your life as well. So let's get started. Jimmy, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. It's going to be a fun one. Jimmy, this is like so perfect that you are pulled <laughs> over on the side of the 405 right now. If you guys don't know, that is a pretty much, it's a highway in California, but it is a parking lot. So <laughs> also known as a parking lot in California. And I am in an RV in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So I feel like this is really typical for startup life, entrepreneur life, all of the things. So I'm so excited to chat with you today because you have an awesome company that I literally, I don't know if you know this, but between myself, my team and my husband, we drink like two super coffees a day. Um, Oh, let's go. 
It's crazy. My husband actually takes the little one, the little 35 calorie one and puts it in his coffee in the morning. So I don't know, you know, if that's how it's intended to be used, but it's literally like crack around our house. We love, love, love it because we are always looking for something healthier. That also is like that afternoon kind of like, you know, you hit that wall where you're like, I either, you know, I'm working on my computer and I either need another snack or I need something like (laughs) just to make myself feel better. So I'm really excited to have you on and just chat about this because I'm also launching something into the world and looking at any founder story around me for inspiration and really loving hearing about what that looks like and what all those different roadblocks are. And I would love to hear, Jimmy, just about where this idea came from. And then we'll kind of dig into what it's looking like and how you built it. Cool. Sounds good. And first of all, your husband sounds like my kind of guy. Double up down <laughs> on the coffee in the coffee. That's, that's uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be friends. And I'm excited to hear more about what you're about to be building. But for us, so I started Super Coffee six years ago with my two younger brothers. And we all played sports in college. And we were just tired. You know, we had practice in the morning, late nights in the library. It was a grind. And we didn't want to drink the sugary Starbucks Frappuccino that our school store sold. 36 grams of sugar, 300 calories, didn't really give us energy. So we started making our own coffee for ourselves just to get us through the day, give us that, that boost. We added things like protein and coconut oil and, and uh, monk fruit to sweeten it. So it tasted good. It was good for us, gave us energy. And we're like, dang, this works. You know, let's sell this. Let's start selling this to our teammates and our classmates and our coaches. And and before long, I quit my job to start selling coffee. Jordan, our youngest brother, dropped out of college, gave up a full basketball scholarship. And we were making this stuff in the dorm room, making deliveries by ourselves for the first two years. And and, uh, six years later, we're, uh, we're still in business. Wow. I love that. I think the best ideas come from solving, you know, your own problems because you can speak so freaking passionately about it. And when you keep hitting walls, you're like, no, like I know that people need this because we needed it. And, you know, really creating what you wish existed. So what were some of the first steps? Like I get asked this all the time, like what were the first steps of, okay, we want to create this product. What does that even look like? Was it Google? Was it asking friends? What was it? It was like sort of just dorm room intuition, you know, like we were, we were kind of like, all right, I, I drink a, a coffee before practice. I drink a protein shake after practice. I have protein powder. So what happens if I just put protein in my coffee, kind of like a not very informed or move. Like there was no food science here. It was just a couple of jocks, like let's put protein in our coffee. And then we started studying things like the ketogenic diet and energy from healthy fats. So we, we got very, very in tune with things like MCT oil, coconuts, we tried a ton of sweeteners. Just We didn't want sugar and we didn't want artificial sweeteners. So we were playing with things like agave nectar, which was still sugar, maple syrup, still sugar. Stevia was is sugar-free and plant-based. That had a weird aftertaste for us. Ultimately, we settled on monk fruit. And once we had it down, we sort of made the recipe so it could scale. We initially started out with 20 grams of protein, but it was too thick and, and more of a protein shake than an energy product. So we dialed that back to 10 grams of protein per bottle. And, and uh, I mean, now today, like we work with food scientists at our factories and, and our flavor houses. So like, I think the thing that a lot of people got to realize too is it's iterative. You know, we are always improving. We change our formula six times a year. You know, like it's just getting better every time we make it. So today we have more resources to, to continue to improve. So getting this out into the world, were you just sitting around and you're like, okay, we have this idea. Now, who do we talk to? What was that? Yeah. So I think a lot of planning and a lot of dreaming, like a lot of people get paralyzed by the business plan, right? They're like, how am I going to go to market? What, what do these 20 slides need to look like? And for us, I mean, our industry is simple enough. It's, it's not easy. It's simple though. And it's like, 
all right, we have a product that people can taste, they can feel it, they can buy it. And in order to have a business, we have to sell a lot of these things. You know, we only make 50 cents on every bottle of coffee we sell after you cover the, the cost of goods to, to grow a business. We have to sell a lot of these things. So we went straight to Whole Foods in, in Washington, D.C., where my, my middle brother, Jake, was finishing up at Georgetown. And we said, hey, Whole Foods, we're, we're super coffee. And, and we brewed up a little bottle in the dorm room. And we're like, you guys don't carry anything like this. You should give us a shot. So that mm-hmm. store manager got us into one store. And like I said, all we knew is we had to sell a lot of it. And all we had was one store. So the three of us stayed at that store every day from opening till closing, pouring samples, educating customers. I mean, we broke that store's weekly sales record in the first four hours. And then that became the playbook. You know, we took that sales data from one store to the Whole Foods down the street. And we said, hey, we're breaking records up the street. You guys should give us a shot. You know, and I mean, that's really all we knew. It was like make product, pour samples, stock shelves, sell product, like keep, keep scaling that. What do you think this would have been like doing this alone? Do you think the power of having those, you know, people to bounce things off of or when things got hard? I don't know if you guys ran into any formulation problems or you felt like, oh, my God, is this ever going to come out or taste the way that we want it to? Like, what was the power of having your people around you, your brothers around you to kind of throw you back in the game? This venture would be impossible without one of us, let alone by yourself. There's three of us working on this. And I think the three of us complement each other so well as it relates to the business. Jordan's personality, he's the operations and, and uh, creative guy. You know, he comes up with the formulas. He's the innovator. He's the visionary. Jake is a big bubbly personality, life of the party, carefree. He is the chief revenue officer. He, he's our head of sales. You know, he's out there selling things to, to any everybody and anybody. And then I'm our investor relations and marketing, you know, and Jake couldn't do what I do. I couldn't do what Jake does. Jordan couldn't do what we do. So it is truly a perfect balance. And there's so many trials, like you said, that if there's many days that one of us is down about something, whether sales are down or an investor said no, or the product didn't come out right, the other two pick them up no matter what. So I I think this would be impossible without us. Yeah, I love that. I think, you know, I started what I'm doing alone, but I know the power of having, I have so many great people around me as a thing. So I wasn't necessarily alone at all. I just, you know, not other founders, but definitely people who I surround myself with. For those days, you need people to kick you back in the game for sure. There are always those people in your life who are just so tough to shop for during the holidays. But what I've learned is that everybody loves the gift of comfort and Brooklinen is the mecca for all things cozy. You can get $20 off your purchase of $100 at brooklinen.com when you use promo code Lori. So whether you're shopping for that candle lover or grabbing a gift card, and that is the gift that keeps on giving. This kind of comfort is always a hit for the holidays. Brooklinen's goal is to create beautiful, high-quality home essentials that don't break the bank. It's the perfect place to find the best gift. They started with bedding, but now they offer all the essentials from home decor to cozy loungewear to their new line of slippers, which I love. We put them in the light pink holiday gift guide, and I have them. I have my own set of Brooklyn and sheets, and I absolutely love them. I've included and linked them in the holiday guide. I have the Lux Satine Hardcore Sheets in white. They have a 480 thread count, and what I really love about the Satine set is that it appears much more luminous and sheen, but doesn't compromise 
is uncomfort. Overall, it's got that glam look that I'm always going for, like a five-star hotel. Because who doesn't want to feel like they're sleeping at a five-star hotel every night? I do. Give the gift of comfort this holiday season and save while you do it. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code Lori for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And enter promo code Lori for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100 at brooklinen.com and use promo code Lori. Okay, so you have investors and you guys had to go out and raise money. Was this the first time you raised money? What was that experience like? What do you think was the most important thing that people should know if they're raising money? Like, what do they need to do? Do they need to know the story? Like, what was the key thing that you think got money through the door? In the early days, the strategy or the key things were very different than what they are today. And, and back then, we didn't have sales data. We didn't have fancy products or, or a bunch of distribution or anything like that. We just had three guys who, who believed in a, a vision for a better energy source. And what we did, and, and obviously, we had a, a good work ethic and a lot of enthusiasm. So the people that we pitched to invest in us, they were strangers that we met at Whole Foods. You know, they would, they would see Jake in his Georgetown hat. And one guy was like, oh, I'm a, uh, I'm a Georgetown alum. I'm a lawyer there. Like, how can I help? I love, I love your guy's story. Like, well, we're raising money. And then the next day he got us in front of some of his, his legal clients and, and those became, ended up becoming our first investors. And I think it, in those early days, like they're betting on you, you know, so it, it's all relationship driven and it's a numbers game in the sense that like we had a lot of conversations with a lot of people before we finally found the group that, that was willing to write a check. And now today, reason I say fund, the fundraising story changes in the early days, like you have to get people to believe what you believe today. It's, are we doing what we said we are going to do? Are we taking market share? Are, is this actually unique? Does the world need us? And that's when like you have a, a strong data story, uh, you, you use the sales velocities and things like that. So today we raise money based on the data. Oh, I love that. You know, especially for people just in the beginning, it's, it's all just a concept. And I think you said a key word that I think is, you know, I just finished a raise and it was like the enthusiasm and getting people on board into a vision. So what was the vision when you were pitching? Like, you know, when you guys were really enthusiastic, what was it that you felt that you were selling? We like to say we're mass producing positive energy and that's everything from what we put into the coffee to, to what our team puts out into the world and, and how we interact with, with people. But the idea is people drink too much sugar, you know, where they, they, they consume their sugar in their beverages, mainly sodas, but all of coffee should not have 40 grams of sugar in it. And yet Starbucks, the number one coffee in the world is doing $2 billion in sales in the US. So we've created this narrative where for every bottle of super coffee sold, if that's one less bottle of Starbucks, over the last five years, we've already removed 10 million pounds of sugar from America's diet. So we're selling them on impact. We're selling them on change. We're selling them that and the way things are today are no longer relevant, right? It's 2021. People care about being healthy. People want to be more productive. It's not just an industry that is dominated by flavor and indulgence, you know, and, and very much in, in, in many parts of the country, it still is, you know, people buy things that taste good and, and you'll be amazed. You go to Texas or Oklahoma or Arkansas, and I mean, really every state, you have people that are like, I don't care about sugar. Sugar it tastes good, so I'm going to drink it, you know, so it's it's still an uphill battle on on instilling that education piece. But the thing about super coffee is like, we can, we can sidestep the heavy lift on education because our product tastes good. So we're not, we're not asking people to compromise that much. I'm so curious if your customer base is the initial customer that you thought, like sometimes we set out and we create these like customer avatars 
And then the product gets out into the world and you're like, huh, I didn't expect this group of people to love this. Did you have anything that was a surprise like that? Yeah. Initially, we started it for ourselves. You know, like, like, like I said, we didn't intend to start a business, but we were tired college student athletes. We started selling it to our teammates and, and that's what we thought the market was. So we were, we were going from campus to campus. And then what we found is a lot of first responders, like paramedics and police officers and firefighters. Today, our number one customer is females in their 40s. You know, that was a bit of a surprise. I think the, the reason we appeal to that demographic is it does taste indulgent. It's an it's a, a indulgent flavor but it's only 80 calories and zero sugar, you know? So it's like a sort of a healthy, permissible treat in that regard. I think the tricky thing about coffee is it's ubiquitous, right? It appeals to, to all different demographics. So for us, it's like, how can we stay focused? And because if you try to be everything for everybody, you, you really dilute the message. What's been one of your biggest learning lessons from this so far? And of course, I know you're learning every single day with all of the things that you're doing. But what are some of your biggest lessons? Tell me a challenging one and then tell me one that you're just like, wow, this is so profound that applies to so many parts of life. I think this answer answers both of those, those okay. questions. And it's going to sound a little callous, but like what we learned early and we embraced it is nobody cares. <laughs> nobody, nobody cares to help us. Nobody cares what we're working on. And it's not because like it's not unique and they have things against like me and my brothers. It's everybody's so busy and preoccupied on what they're working on. And nobody's going to roll up their sleeves and do the work with you. And it's a lot of work. And I think in the early days, we were kind of like looking around for people to help. Like we had this illusion that advisors were people that come in and, and help us run the business. And like the bottom line is it's, it is hard work and, and you are the only people like the day you don't show up to work is the day your business stops moving forward. And I think if you embrace that mentality early, that nobody, there, there are no shortcuts, there are no breaks, you know, like. You might get lucky, but you only get lucky by showing up and putting in the work, even though it was like embracing the, the hard way or the, the sort of the grind. Once we wrapped our head around that, like the, the rest became easy, you know, because at that point, if you if you accept that, like nobody is going to help you build your dreams, then any help that you do get along the way is just a benefit. You know, that's just a bonus. I love that. What was something that you thought before you got the thing like that would be maybe a windfall if it happened that didn't actually create that. And maybe you realize it's just like the compilation of a million different things that make your business get out there. Was there anything, yeah, like, I mean, if this just happens, this will be it. So many things, but I think the, the most relevant last year, we, we signed a deal with uh, Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez. They, they invested a, a big, big chunk into super coffee and JLo posted on our Instagram, 150 million followers. And we're like, this is it. This is our coming out party. Nothing happened. I think we got like five new followers, you know, no sales lift, no hype, no record breaking numbers. And I think it's just the reality that this is hard and like, no doubt does it help. But to your point, it's just one of a million things that contribute to the success. There's no, there's no silver bullet. I love that because it just, it's funny because I'm, I'm coming out with a, a rosé, a wine-based seltzer right now. And I feel you, like, it's just all of those things that you're like, oh, if this person does it or gets involved or, you know, we have these great investors, it's like, and, and now what? And now what? And right. it, it does move that I'm sure that you got, you know, interest from maybe stores or interest from other investors. So it does help, but it's like all of the things that come together. And it's just like this, you'll never be able to trace it back, right? To like one thing when people ask that, I'm like, no, it's like a million different things. So what are some things looking forward that you are excited about with getting super coffee out there? Like what are some things that you have in the the pipeline for this year for ideas for marketing, for getting it out into the world? 
basically we, we haven't done much advertising outside of like Facebook and Instagram ads. So this year we're going to diversify our ad spend into channels like connected TV, so like YouTube TV, Hulu, things like that. So you'll start to see some television spots for us that, I mean, today we're 80% of our business happens in stores and 20% happens online. So it's a nice omni-channel business where if you see an ad for super coffee on your phone or on your TV at home, you might buy it on our website, but chances are next time you're in a store, you'll recall that ad and then try the product there too. So the digital advertising now benefits both pieces. And the second thing, it's it's a little bit longer lead is Super Bowl 2022. So February of 2022, we're going to do a big campaign out in LA, really winning boots on the ground Super Bowls in LA this year. We may even do some, some regional Super Bowl commercial spots rather than a full national campaign. As time goes on, we are seeing more and more in-person events pop up, which is so exciting, but it's also a little nerve-wracking because we might not have been keeping up with our personal maintenance as well as we used to. I can tell you all about this. For me, my hair care was always a pain point simply because I color my hair blonde all the time. Thanks to my personal hair care routine by Pros, my hair has become the healthiest it's ever been. I've teamed up with Pros and they're offering 15% off your first order at pros.com slash Lori. Pros makes custom hair care that's effective because it's actually personal. Using natural ingredients with proven results, Pros customizes every product in your routine. Before you receive your own Pros hair care routine, you take an in-depth hair quiz so you can learn more about your lifestyle, genetics, and current hair care routine play into all types of products that you should be using. They ask really unexpected questions about how much you exercise, the types of food you eat, your zip code. It's crazy how much these things tell you about your hair. And it doesn't take that long to take the quiz. Shampoo and conditioner to me are the most important hair products that we use. And I just love how quality the shampoo and conditioners are. And my hair feels super hydrated and rejuvenated after I get out of the shower. It's the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash Lori. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Lori for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Okay, what has been your favorite part of building this? Like when you just feel like you are in your zone of genius and in flow, what does that look like to you? What what does your day look like? What are you doing? You nailed it at the beginning. You said when you solve a problem for yourself, that's key because you can speak so passionately about it. And I think when we first started Super Coffee, I was 22 years old. I was super insecure. I'd look up at people who are authorities in their category I'll be like, dang, how is this person so well versed in this? Like, I don't have the discipline to study and learn what they know about this. Like they're, they're light years ahead of me. But then what I realized is like, there's nobody in the world knows more about super coffee than me and my brothers. You know, like we are truly the world's experts on this, which is why we can speak confidently about it. We can speak fluently and, and the problems that we've solved along the years, they're not like academic lessons. They're just, that's life. You know, we're living our life and it's easy to talk about stories and experiences that you've lived, you know? So like now that we're getting proficient in the business, it, it went from like, we were the guys sitting in the audience, like admiring people on stage to having the privilege to be on stage, sharing that story with others. And, and for me to, to reflect on these last five years, to go from that like insecure 22 year old who doubted everything to now having enough confidence to instill that in other people and say, Hey, you, you got this, you know, you're, I'm no different than you are. You literally have what it takes to build your dreams. Now just go do it. 
Where do you think confidence comes from? I think it comes from experience. You know, I, I played college football and my coach called me a high reps guy because I would need to run a play 10 times before I got it. You know, I'd, I would screw up so many times and, and then finally I'd get it. And once I got it, I really had it. So I think being uncomfortable, doing stuff that, that you haven't done before, new things are always uncomfortable. And for me, like I, I'm even to this day, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Every level of growth in Super Coffee, we just closed our Series C today, actually, like a couple hours ago. Yeah, thank you. But that comes a new pressure, you know, a new level of leadership that I haven't lived through yet. But because I've been in a situation like this before, it's like, all right, I know this feeling in my heart. It's like my heart kind of feels a little light and and I feel a little lightheaded, but that's good. That means I'm uncomfortable. That means I'm about to grow. Tell me about a time when you have been too comfortable. What does it feel like? How do you know it's time to grow? Like, how do you know it's time to go to that next level? I think when I question myself of like, what do I do next? You know, like when I'm looking around to find work or find things to add value on, it's like, all right, then I'm missing something. There's certainly a project that should require all of my time, effort and energy. And if I'm not on that thing right now, and I'm actually looking for for things like that's when I get distracted and, and, and start doing like, I don't know, small things that, that don't move the needle forward. You know, like for, for instance, I, I want to sell apparel on our website, you know, but at the time we were raising our series C and, and like me launching a store on our website is the least important thing I should be doing. Yet it was something that, that I felt like I, I wanted to do and do. So I don't know. I think if I'm looking for work, it, it often means that I'm missing something bigger. For you, how, what's the importance? And I know I kind of asked this with you and your brothers, other co-founders, your whole life, have you always strived to surround yourself with people that, you know, can help you grow or what did that look like? Did you have to create kind of your own tribe around you? Tell me about how you make sure you have people around you who help you grow. I've always been attracted to interesting people, whether it's athletes or artists or academic leaders or people who are good in their field, like creative folks, you know, musicians, dancers, things like that. It fascinates me to see somebody so passionate and so proficient in what they love. But the first 22 years of my life, I mean, we played sports our whole lives and like, as a college football player, you don't really pick your friends. You know, you, you end up on a, on a team with 100 other players. And the thing that you have in common is a love for the game and a, a shared work ethic and, and a shared goal to, to, to win games, and put in the work together. But that doesn't mean that we had a lot in common as human beings. And now that we've started Super Coffee, I'm spending time on the things that I enjoy doing both at work and at life, in life. And sort of not, like I'm attracted to the people who are on that, that same journey. You know, so surround today finally is when we're surrounding ourselves with those folks, whether it's other entrepreneurs or people who have come before us. Same deal to the attraction to artists and athletes and celebrities and, and things like not for any stardom or I don't know, chasing chasing influence, but because the people who are in those positions got there for a reason. And that's so curious to me. Like I'm so fascinated by that. Yeah, I love that. I find that so many people who are successful have like a really deep curiosity just for life, for people, for all all the things. It's because you, you know, there's, there's lessons around us with everyone. I love that. What would you say still makes you nervous? What still is about is like, will kind of shake your confidence right now. I mean, I still have imposter syndrome, you know, like the bigger the company gets, I question myself. It's like, why me? Why am I the guy to be doing this? Like the jig is going to be up soon. People are going to realize that I'm not, I'm not right to to leave this shit. And yeah, nothing specific, but uh, every now and then I, I, I do have those doubts. But again, I keep going back to this idea that like, we are the experts at Super Coffee and, and sure we might attract talent to the team now that's better at, at many things than we are. You know, like we have a, 
world-class CFO, a badass chief marketing officer, a, a head of people operations who's amazing. Like they are all better at their crafts than me. But my brothers and I, we bring the vision together. You know, we bring together this movement, this momentum, this culture that, that attract people who want to work with us and build it together. So I can't lose sight that like, hey, even though I'm not the best finance person, there's a reason that, that we're in the position that we're in. So good. Tell me about what you guys are unlocking as the, the secrets of scaling. What are some things that you would tell people if they want to be able to scale their business? It's all people. It's all people management. It's all relationships. And there is no substitute for, for managing people and, and putting in the work. I think for any entrepreneur who is going to continue to lead and scale a business, invest in yourself invest in an executive coach, invest in a therapist, because it's all relationships. And, and the work that you learn from an executive coach or from a therapist doesn't just apply at work or in a professional setting. You know, it, it makes all of your relationships better from romantic ones to familial ones to friendships. And I, I think the thing about scaling is like the more people within your, your organization, the more, the more relationships you have to manage, the more communication and feedback matters. And not everybody is good at providing candid feedback. It's easy to, to avoid a difficult conversation. You know, and, and I think the hard thing for us that, that we've had to overcome over the last five years is like getting comfortable having those difficult conversations just to make sure that all the humans on the team are aligned and heading in the same direction. And also development, right? I'd be doing you a disservice if I saw you doing something wrong or, or, or incorrectly and not telling you about it. How did you learn to have those tough conversations? Was it something you saw or how, was that your coaches? What was that? Yeah, I think for us, it started out as honesty and transparency. You know, the, there was a book we read a few years ago, a few years ago called Principles by Ray Dalio. And, and yeah. he introduced us to this idea of like radical transparency and, and doing it with compassion and tact, you know, giving people that difficult feedback rather than saying like, Hey, you're doing a great job. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, like vague feedback, feedback is not helpful for anybody. But the thing about feedback too is like, one, it's a gift. So if you're getting it from a, a critical or a constructive perspective, that's like a, intended to develop you. But the, the second piece is like, you have to give feedback when people do a good job too. You know, everybody wants to be seen, heard, understood and appreciated. And like, you could tell people that like immediately after somebody does something good, say, hey, I, I saw you put in those extra hours. You got the proposal done. We got the deal closed because of the work that you put in. I'm proud of you. Like, thank you. That was awesome. You know, so I think feedback goes both ways, both constructive and positive. So good. I don't know if you've heard that quote by um, Tim Ferriss, but it's one of my favorites that I always fall back on. And he says, your level of success can be measured by the amount of tough conversations you're willing to have in a day. So I, I literally am always like, when I have a tough conversation facing me, I'm like, okay, Lori just go because this is the stuff that matters. This is the stuff that works, that scales, that keeps you in it and happy and successful as, as a human being in general. So I love, love, love the whole, that that's what that all boiled down to scaling was people. You're talking about great people. It sounds like you have great team, which is so exciting. Before you were ready, did you hire people that maybe you felt like you couldn't afford? Like, tell me about that. How do you hire people? And similar to how the recipe has has gotten better every year, the people that, that you can attract as an early stage startup, like really pre-revenue and in the early days, that level of talent is going to be very different than the level of talent that you can attract when you're doing, say, $100 million in sales yeah. or, or just a, a larger business. So like we had a CFO that took us from a million dollars to $5 million in sales. And at that point, he was no longer the right person to take us from 5 million to 50 million. 
and at, from 50 million to, to where we are today, like that guy was no longer the, the right person, which is how we ended up. I mean, today we're on our third CFO and, and for no other reason than it takes, it's a very unique individual to grow something from 1 million to a hundred million, right. Or more. So I think there's levels to this and, and hiring it's tricky, right? Because like you want the, some people do have the ability to grow and evolve with an organization, but a lot of times the business grows faster than, than some people do. And you have to be able to recognize that. And, and when it's time for to part ways with people who were instrumental in the early days, but aren't going to get you to where you're headed. Okay. So that's where the tough stuff comes in. And that's where scaling is really going to happen quickly for people is in those tough conversations. So, I mean, do they have the people that you've had to move forward with, if you've gone through three, you said CFOs or CEOs? CFOs. Okay. Yep. If you've gone through three already, like what were the realization points? Did you have a coach who was kind of telling you guys or did you feel it? Or what did that look like when it showed up like, whoa, I think we need someone else. And what was that conversation like when you had to move into it with someone else? Yeah. So you sort of feel it. And when I begin to feel this with any, any position in the company, it's the person on the other side doesn't know what they don't know. And you touched on it earlier, the value of curiosity. The moment somebody feels like they have all the answers or, or they're no longer learning or, or they feel like they, they don't need to ask questions anymore is the moment that they are no longer the right person for the job right? Because the business is constantly evolving. The world within which we operate is constantly evolving. So you have to be curious and you have to question these things. And, and for me, it's tough because like, it's hard to give feedback to somebody on what they don't know. You know, it's like, Hey, you're doing great at all the things you're comfortable with, but to get from 50 million to 500 million, these are the skill sets that we need from you. And you just haven't lived through that yet. So I think being honest with them is good. Being as objective as possible is good. It's really tough. Like nobody is ever going to agree with you that they're not the right person for the job. I mean, maybe in, in some cases, like if it truly is a bad fit for both of you, but it's hard to convince somebody that like, Hey, we're on a rocket ship. This brand is growing. And unfortunately, I don't think you have what it takes to get us to the next level. And that person can be like, screw you. Like, yes, I do. Just give me the chance. You know? And like, that's, that's happened a lot of times with us. So that's the, the hard part about being the leader is having the conviction in making that those decisions are the, the right decisions. Oh my God. So that's super tough. Like, you know, you guys do paper, scissor, rock over who has to do that conversation or what? <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> three of us really would be like, oh, can you take this one today? Yeah. Heavy lies the crown, my friend. If, if you're going to have the title of, of CEO, you got to be the one and uh, willing to do the tough conversations. And I think one thing, just a general HR advice for everybody listening is, always have a witness in the room, whether that's a, a, a partner or a direct manager or somebody from HR. If, if you don't feel comfortable bringing in a teammate, bring in an advisor, third-party consultant, somebody like that, just to be there for the conversation. Because like I said, you don't want a, a termination conversation to be a negotiation, right? That the decision is final and, and you don't want to give that person the microphone to try and convince you why they're wrong, why you're wrong. Yes, that is challenging and so true. And I'm so glad you added that just because it, it does get really emotional, right? You get into that moment and you're like, you start to question yourself, even though you were so clear. Well, at least that's the position that I've been in before where you're so clear and then you can get in those rooms and feel very clouded in that moment. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's where compassion comes in, right? We're human. It's like, dang, this person's got a family to feed. I hear what he's saying about bills to pay or his wife's trying, like they're trying to build a house or whatever it is. It's like, shit, maybe we just give him another shot. Like maybe this is the wake up call that he needed and, and he can step up and, and be the person that we need him to be. 
the reality is that's not true. Like to, the, the reason you got to that conversation in the first place, this person is not the right person for the job and they haven't been getting it done for a while. The other thing to, that makes termination a little bit easier and it sounded like an asshole, like that I terminate a bunch of people. It's not the case, but the thing that makes terminations easier is, is data that leads up to it. You know, a, a consistent trail of feedback of like, Hey, here's where I need you to be. You haven't been getting there these last few months as documented by these performance reviews. Like nobody should ever be surprised when and if they're, they're terminated. Yeah, that's so good. It, it takes some of the emotion out of it. No, having, you know, especially once you have all of that data, that's super helpful to go in armed with and being prepared for the conversation and with somebody else. So I love that. What do you think are the most important traits of a leader? I think curiosity, first and foremost, you don't know everything and you never will. I think once you accept that, then you can grow and evolve and ask the right questions. I think asking better questions and being a better listener are two essential qualities. And I think being brave, you know, like you're, when you're building a company, you're trying to go to a place that's never, there's no playbook, you know, there's, it's never really been done before the way that you're doing it. You can certainly learn from the folks that, that became, that came before you. And to an extent, you're not reinventing the wheel, but having the courage to, to lead a group of humans down a path that nobody's ever been before, you know, not everybody's comfortable doing that. So I, I think that, that comes with experience though, too, or just repping it. What were some traits, maybe two to three, either traits or beliefs? Let's go with beliefs. What were two to three beliefs that you had to unlearn and let go of that you were maybe were instilled in you growing up from whether that's your family your teachers or the outside world in order to become the person that you are now? I think the first is you need experience or training, right? Like this idea of like, don't start until you're ready. The, the reality is nobody's ready. You know, like you're, you're never going to be ready. Like I'm not ready to be the CEO of Super Coffee today, but you just start, you learn, you put in the work, you evolve. And, and I think that's, that's probably the biggest one is that like there's this ambiguous level of expectation that people need or experience or qualification they need before they can start. And honestly, that's probably what prevents most businesses or business plans from, from actually getting off the ground is this, this false sense of, like uh, paralysis by analysis, uh, you know, you, you think you need to be something before you can do it. And, and that's just not true. All right. So what are some last things that you'd love to leave with our audience about around starting around building a business around, you know, anything that's coming up on your heart? I think it's simple. You know, this, this world that we live in is complicated. It's complex. You know, there's so many networks and, and we have so much coming at us through social media and news and, and, and all kinds of stimulus. But like, when you really boil it down, it, it comes down to two things, work hard and be nice to people. I say it all the time to our team. If you do those t two things at all times, it, the chips will fall in your favor. You know, it will work out. Like I've never met anybody who works hard and is nice to people and doesn't have like a sort of an eternal optimism. And, and obviously we, we all know a lot of people who, who work hard and, and aren't multi multi-millionaires, but like some of the most successful people in my life are like, my hometown elementary school gym teachers, you know, that they're happy, they're satisfied, they're fulfilled, they work hard and they're nice to people. And, and I think for us, if you can quickly lose sight of the simplicity of it all by getting caught up in your ego or comparing yourselves to others. I think comparison is like the thief of joy, right? If, if you're looking at constantly around at what other people have that you're missing, it's going to be tough, but I don't know, work hard and be nice to people. It's a, it's a simple strategy. It's just not always easy one. Oh my gosh. So good. Work hard and be nice to people. You can make that a super coffee t-shirt. 
All right. I'm so grateful for you. Where can people get super coffee? I mean, I find it all over my store, by the way, your shelf placement is freaking epic in all of my grocery stores that I go into. So congratulations on that. But where can people find it? If maybe it's not in their store, tell me. Awesome. No, that's, thank you for the kind words. So nationwide, we're in Target, Walmart, CVS, but always online, drinksupercoffee.com. We're on Amazon. If, you, if you're getting groceries from Amazon, throw a little super coffee in there. Thank you for this opportunity, Lori. This was, this was awesome to share the story with your, your fans and listeners. Oh, I'm just, you know, anytime that we can share a story of somebody just out there who's in it right now, especially is so much fun. So thank you for just being so open and transparent. And there's no doubt why you guys are all so successful. It's the way that you lead and the way that you think. And you have an incredible product. I know I'm obsessed. You guys have to go and try it. Literally, there's very few things in the world that I become addicted to. And this is one of them. So super grateful. And you guys, as always, one of the biggest things that we do for our guests is if you want to tag, should we, we should tag Super Coffee? At Drink Super Coffee on Instagram. If you guys want to tag at Drink Super Coffee and let Jimmy know what one of your biggest takeaway was, if you're going to be ordering Super Coffee, trying it, what you think of it. It's always so much fun to get that feedback and see the impact that he got to make. So you guys, thank you so much. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori.
Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community and everyone is talking about the power of community without an online community you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement which is what i know that we're all after and you can build trust or monetize your audience when you get community right not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody gonna be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to Circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you want to create on a course or webinar and bam, it just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're going to customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages, and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this and now their smart ai platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com that's k-a-j-a-b-i.com